Hello and welcome to another edition of Spotlight, the Star Trek podcast where we view the franchise from a non-Trekky perspective. Um, we're here with a new strand of the podcast. This is the first episode of it. It's going to be called Spotlight at the Movies. Yeah. And and this strand of podcast, which is going to be a No connection to... too tenuous. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talk about things. Yeah. Oh, it's that. not that we're tired of Star Trek, per se. Like, we, <laughs> yeah, 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 we like no, no, other no. movies, we're, too. We're, we're still going to be doing episodes focusing uh, strictly on Star Trek. We're still going to be doing supplemental episodes where we tend to kind of interview people uh, involved in the Star Trek world plenty more of that coming up um, but we're also going to be doing this strand of things from now on where in each episode of Spotlight of the Movies um, we're going to examine a film uh, which is connected to the Star Trek world by uh, either a cast member or a writer or a director yeah um, you came up with some strict rules yeah yeah yeah, yeah so it has to be a strong connection not somebody was once in the background of a Star Trek film and they're yeah. now big and exactly yeah. we're not going to be doing an episode on Skyscraper with The Rock just because he had a guest appearance in Star Trek Voyager for instance like you know this has to be didn't know that did you <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you did this has to be someone who made a significant contribution to the Star Trek universe to be able for us to talk about another one of their works outside of Star Trek. So the first episode we're doing is a perfect example of that. We're going to talk about Free Men and a Baby directed by none other than Spock himself, Leonard Nimoy. Touchstone Pictures presents Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danson. Jack! Angela, oh, you look different. What happened? I'm dressed. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Three incredibly eligible men hoping to meet some incredibly perfect women. So many women <laughs> in so, so little time. time. Now, at last, they're about to find that one girl who will sweep them off their feet. <laughs> That's a baby. It's a baby. Of course it's a baby. It's your baby. No. Actually, his follow-up to Star Trek IV, A Voyage Home. This is the first the film... The Voyage Home. The Voyage Home, yeah. This is the first film he directed after he directed that. Uh, because, of course, Nimoy was also a director for Star Trek, as well as being a star. He directed Star Trek III, Search of Spock, which is actually his directorial debut. And then that was so successful, Matt, oh. that he followed it up with Star Trek IV, A Voyage Home. So oh, that was the natural <laughs> follow-up. But what I want to know is... How did he go from doing Star Trek 4 to going, you know what, Cal uh, palate cleanser time, 80s comedy? Well, I can see why he was hired. I mean, there's so many similarities between Star Trek 4 and Free Men and the Baby. I mean, they're both set in space. Uh, they both have space... No, but don't do that. There's absolutely nothing. Well, no, you know, there was something which I realised when watching it this time round. First, I should set the scene. Free Men and the Baby, 1987, the Pitch year me. after A Voyage Home. And what I realised, the thing that is the carryover is the trio. In this yeah. film, we have a trio of Tom Selleck, Ted Danson, and Steve the Goots Goomberg <laughs> in the leads. They are a trio of male characters, and I was like, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. But which of them is Kirk, which of them is Spock, and which is McCoy? Uh... I'd say Kirk would have to be Danson because he's okay. the one with the kid, and he could be that. He's just a gland. Well, you know, you know, Kirk may, yeah, may have children he doesn't know about. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> I think Spock would be the goots for pure, like, uh, just he's just a friendly face around because I think Selleck is quite bonesy. 
Okay. Maybe more in look, actually. I don't know. Okay. That's, that's yeah, yeah. But that's that was the thing that I was like, oh, of course this is what he directs next because actually it's continuing to be in his wheelhouse because the films are very, the Star Trek movies are very much focused on that trio, and this is another trio of male friend characters. Mm, yeah. So it fits. It fits, and they're all kind of you know fulfilling those kind of separate, different yeah. kind of roles. They've got areas in their ship this time. Of- penthouse that no one could possibly afford yeah I mean I, I know I, does anyone know how Leonard Nimoy actually came to direct this movie no because no. I don't I couldn't really find a huge amount of background like production information but about the film in terms done, of how this came about surely nothing he'd done says to a studio like oh yeah he's the guy who can physically make and bring this in or maybe it's like well, a he's, step he's probably down the, no he's the Trevorrow of his day like he had a hit movie which which wasn't really like I mean, it could be. Yeah, you know, it's partly. But the other hit, way but around, it was kind of like a. Yeah, it was a. It was a real hit. Though. I mean, it was this is the thing. It was a big money maker, wasn't it? Yeah. For and kind of got, got and it cro- crossed over to the mainstream. I think more than the others did. Plus, Voyage Home, very comedic. Yes, so like to tone. And I think, yeah. Earth, yeah. Well, I think this one did get passed around the studios. I know that much. And it was. It was. It wasn't for a few of them because they. Um, it wasn't too light or something like that but Touchstone which is like a division of Disney but you know it's their kind of more kind of like PG-13 sort of fair that would be just wouldn't come under Walt Disney Pictures they needed another like brand to kind of you know put all this stuff under so Splash yeah. you know things like that would you know that would, Touchstone logo at the start just just warms me yeah <laughs> it's it's like, Touchstone defunct it's yes. not, not but, I, well I think no I think I have seen it because they, there's a new version of the logo but I haven't seen it in a new film for yeah. ages I think I've seen older films being rebranded with a new logo on it when you see this old logo yeah. it reminds you of like film grain VHS and yeah which these, they didn't update period. for like their DVDs <laughs> yeah. they just put on the same old grainy clip do we get a synopsis? We're going to get a little synopsis about what this. Uh, well, we can, I think we can say the synopsis, can't we? From from memory, it's not it's not that difficult. Uh, so this is based on the 1985 French film Trois Hommes et un Coiffon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trans- loosely translated. What, what did you get for your French order? <laughs> Fail. <laughs> like, uh, F for fail. <laughs> loosely translated as free men and a cradle uh-huh. um, yeah. I should say it was about an inanimate object <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I should say at this point this is the uh, biggest um, money making uh, film ever based on a French movie so like when American films adapt a French, a French film this is like made more money than any of them and they've adapted a lot of French movies yeah there's, there's a surprising so, amount like, of those where it's like a, a remake of a French film but maybe the title changes or the original title is, yeah. is a French Loads. phrase yeah like, never because realized, Americans don't want to read subtitles no, like, no, like uh, Nikita was remade wasn't it and then yeah like, but there are a lot of fucking uh, remakes of foreign films in Hollywood like Birdcage and is that a remake? Yes. Oh. The Cage oh. of Follies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also got it. Like, and, and, to, and to be fair, I shouldn't have a go at Americans because I used to work in Blockbuster in England and fucking hell, try to convince some of the people who came in there to try a foreign movie, like pulling teeth. Eventually, they just stopped coming and the shop closed down. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 well, that's it, you know, yeah. I mean, literally, I remember, I tried to convince any guy who came in there asking me for an action film to rent the raid brilliant Indonesian film currently being remade by the way uh, by Hollywood 
Um, and literally none of you, you had to m put a massive subtitled sticker on films that are subtitled. Just so they don't come so, back yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it, because people did do that, man. Like, and I me, got three minutes uh, in and they started speaking gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to convince them, going like, oh, this is literally one of the best action movies you've ever seen. Like, you know, you've got to check it out. And they were all like, oh, no, man, I don't like foreign. And I was just like, no, come on, look, there's barely any dialogue. Yeah, some of them like, agree. It's, it's, all, like, yeah. it's all fight shit. Nah, can't be doing that, mate. Yeah. So that was it. And then they rented the latest straight-to-video fucking Bruce Willis action movie or whatever. Like, I'm just like, Bruce God. Willis. Bruce Willis? <laughs> fucking Bruce Willis. <laughs> oh, I digress. <laughs> uh, so Three Men and a Baby. Yeah, so we are thrust into the bachelor lifestyle they're all sharing a gigantic penthouse flat together um central park east yeah selick is yeah. an architect uh danson is an actor goots is a he's a comic book artist he's he yeah he's no. some some kind of artist well, he's a, he's a, yeah he's like a movie strip. poster artist no 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 he's he a comic strip painter guy. no he's, does he do comic strips because he yeah, actually that paints tiger puppet he oh, writes the comic strip well that was that must have been a did you see uh, well yeah, yeah there's a bit where he's like yeah he gets finding uh, it away to he's like i've got to get this tomato to and he's some kind of artist maybe he's like for adverts or something i don't no, know he's the what cartoon is he, okay all right he's nice he's nice okay really because we also established that ted danson isn't a particularly well-renowned actor he's a tv actor yeah yeah and, yeah, uh, yeah so really the only one who could afford it is the architect i build 50-story skyscrapers i assemble cities of the future i can certainly put together a diaper will somebody please tell me what the hell is going on around here yeah because i mean this was yeah. the thing straight away i mean i know this happens a lot in movies especially american movies where people are living in flats which you're just like are completely out of all but this is absolutely mental in this film like there is a scene where it is all done in one shot where Tom Selleck runs around the flat yeah. and it's like the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life it's got there's like a like, glass corridor yeah and there's a yeah. giant conservatory like a garden because it's on the it's a penthouse like you know it just goes on forever it's like the fucking crystal vase like, just it, absolutely mad but anyway somehow they can afford this luxury abode and they've also kind of like painted all over it <laughs> and made like random like paintings of all three of them on there These I mean like man I, I really love a opening titles for like from like <laughs> yeah. you know the music bad bad boy oh yeah, yeah. Bad to bad just boys, like the kind of like text bad coming bad up it just makes you feel nice well this is very much yeah because like I say the, the opening sped up footage to show that the, the these guys are living the bachelor lifestyle <laughs> aren't they they're, they're literally like a Barry Chuckle time yeah, yeah yeah women coming <laughs> in a, that out of that flat at great speed kind of thing literally because it's sped up footage we see Selleck <laughs> running along jogging along he sees a hot babe suddenly he's jogging the other way after her oh, the what road. a cat and then eventually we, we, you know that is all established Th these are party hard yeah. guys and let's not look past the fact that the party they throw has stuff yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah they've got like waiters stuff. and stuff, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so. And it's just a birthday, too. It's not like the launch <laughs> yeah. of a, like a new architectural like no, endeavour. It's probably just or his the launch of his like comic pie. Yeah, it's just a normal birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Selick's birthday, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's Selick's birthday. 
And so we, we I thought get... it was his place because for about ten minutes I thought they were all just hanging out. Oh right, right, he, right. Well, they were just using it as a shag pad, like you know, yeah. sort of like to be. <laughs> but cool no, they they all live the together. All I mean, married. I mean, this <laughs> is the thing. It's like you watch it now. I mean, I don't actually know how old all these guys were when this film was made. Well, this is the strange thing because you think if this film was made today, it would be with the same kind of premise. Let's just say they're rich enough to have the same flat, even though that would be different. You, you, they probably cast the young, hot guys in Hollywood who are like early to mid twenties. Whereas this is the kind of period where bachelor guys can still be presumably meant to be mid thirties to early forties. Well, we, we presume that, but I think that's only because people just look younger <laughs> well, now. Well, Selleck always looks like he's forty-five. I think maybe these guys are actually meant to be. Like younger than they appear. We watch them; they all look like in their forties or something. Like, but actually, I, I think Goldberg is be. genuinely young. In it. Yes, yeah, yeah, but yeah. He does look thirty-four or something like that. <laughs> but he looks he I looks younger than the others. Yeah, I think I, he may be like mid twenties because I think he's right. younger than we think in Short Circuit. Well, well I'd say as a yeah. blanket thing, this is three guys in their thirties. Yeah, early thirties. Yeah, like thirty-something. Like I think I think that's what it's meant to be. But anyway, they are three hot young young bachelors and <laughs> that's all set up and then into this bachelor lifestyle suddenly they open the door one day Ted Danson has gone away on some kind of acting trip or whatever like that they open the door there's a fucking baby there right they're like where's this baby come from however there's a farcical bit of action where Ted Danson has told them to expect a package to arrive they think the package must be the baby. They take it in. What's going on? Why have we got a baby? Hilarious hijinks ensue. They try and look. Up, they try and look minutes. after it. Yeah, yeah. Then some weird dodgy gangsters turn up who are like, "Oh, you got the package? Go there and everything like that." And then suddenly, this is where all the kind of you know crazy kind of stuff starts happening. Mm-hmm. So this is the basics: three men and a baby. Free vaccine, they got well, the mostly car two men and a baby, and then yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Last... Well, this is a very interesting. <laughs> so let's let's get into it. So what were our first thoughts when watching? You guys hadn't seen this film before. No. I hadn't seen it for a long time. I watched it's that random thing where you know there were a lot of films. Uh, if you saw them as a kid, you'd watch them again and again. So I've seen this like three or four times. Yeah, it was, was always on TV, and but yeah, but just I can't three or four times. This is a low number for that kind of film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like literally, I pro- I probably haven't seen it in like twenty years or something. Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't really remember it beyond the core. Certainly not with a critical eye. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Certainly not. Certainly not. Because I went into this film going like, oh, it's fucking great. Like yeah, like, you go in. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying this has changed just yet, but you know. Um, and straight away, I'm like, all oh, sped up footage, interesting choice <laughs> for the opening. Yeah. I mean, what, what what were your first thoughts on that opening? Oh, well, uh, yeah, uh, the opening. Um, yeah, I, I was I was worried. I was worried going. Uh, yeah, I was worried going into it because yeah, the, uh, the the sped up footage. I was like, this is this is interesting. Um, because um, also like uh, it's one of those eighties films that kind of is always sort of towered as you know one of the sort of around that time that you know is an eighties stalwart. So you kind of it yeah. was on TV all the time. It just has passed you by. For whatever reason, I just never saw this, and I haven't seen "Look Who's Talking" either. Are you not seen "Look Who's Talking"? Or "Look Who's Talking" too. All right, right. We're doing that next episode. Or look, 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 well, what's the Star Trek connection? Uh, none. <laughs> so it doesn't take much. Does it? Uh, but the um, yeah, so it was kind of a bit of a blind spot. But I kind of like it was. It, it felt to me like very much in the vibe of like Working Girl and Secret of My Success. These kind of New York set like screwbally kind of but comedies, but with like the very worst of the eighties Reagan Reagan esque. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, excesses. And, you know, the sped up party, well, sped up footage, then followed by a party where they got, you know, um, it just felt very self congratulatory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugely, hugely. And massive like that. And, um, and, and it, but immediately, kind of like the relationships they had with the women in their life didn't seem particularly. I would say PC given this today but I think all of this sort of gave way to like actually a really nice heartfelt kind of film that was yeah yeah and you know it, the initial kind of like 10 to 10 minutes I'm glad I stuck with it and kind of like get my mind open because it does it was genuinely really entertaining the whole way through and, yeah. uh, and and it has so many kind of like odd things that would only happen in the 80s yes. in the 80s cinema that kind of is just nice to see again for the first time yeah. but going like, like being able to run straight through an airport with minimum security yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's funny. Straight to the boarding gate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll get to that later. But that's 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 very true. Um, I should mention yeah. now that so you were fine. saying uh, about this being an eighty store biggest US box office hit of nineteen eighty seven. By the mm. way, right? Worldwide box office of two hundred ninety seven point eight million. Adjusted today for inflation. Six hundred and sixty-one million today. That's so this, what, that's Ant-Man. Numbers. This is yeah. This is a it's Ant-Man smashing numbers and, of three men and a baby. Let's put that just in context. Like you know, this Tom Selleck did not have a movie career pretty much outside of this film. I mean, he had quickly down under, quickly down under, <laughs> which like we brand, have a random association with because we it was the the thing we were, film we were shown yeah. on the coach in to the Grand Canyon <laughs> we're, we're from Las Vegas to the Grand Canyon like we thought we were going to get shown a film that had some relation to the Grand Canyon <laughs> but then we set a West, an Australian set western starring Dom Selleck for no reason whatsoever um, which is the sort of thing that just sounds like it's a sequel as well yeah and Alan Rickman as the bad guy surprisingly it was post Die Hard yeah. rather than pre Die Hard was it which yeah, was like Hard. we were like this must be before Die Hard oh no no about pre Robin Hood Prince of Thieves so it's, it's like the missing like villain uh, Rickman villain performance um, oh well I just thought it's after this isn't it Quickly Down Under would have been after this yeah, it's like been 89 or 90 or, 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 or so the thing is like you know he's one of the biggest stars on TV he's made yeah. a successful transition here into like like box office smash comedy I thought like the world was exhausted but there's nothing really in his filmography to kind of like follow this up so no apart from Free Men and a Little Lady the yeah. sequel I mean weirdly Selleck and Danson were both TV stars at this time because this is Cheers era for mm. Danson so weirdly actually Gutenberg is the biggest movie star in this film like because he's had four Police Academy films up mm. to this point and uh, Short Circuit Short Circuit so yeah. like he's actually the biggest star you would have thought yep. like weirdly but Tom Selleck seems to be the main guy on the poster what did he have after this Gutenberg like, oh I think after film. this Three Men and a Little Lady like, because he's, only in, the, he's, no, he's only in the first four Police Academies uh, and yeah. Citizens on Patrol which is his last one is 87 so same year as it big year for Goots yeah yeah, yeah and Danson had again. just Loch Ness I guess after this because uh, you know where he plays Mr Dempsey oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I've heard a lot about but never seen people have always mentioned like, it you don't want him to do your name a disservice like that's it he did do Getting Even With Dad Macaulay Culkin's like follow up to the Home Alone franchise well we know that would be because Col- Culkin was big wasn't it yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. that's like yeah there Culkin would have been the biggest star than Danson like um, but yeah so it's a, it's a kind of weird little cherry, but you think, I suppose they were all on the kind of cusp of what seemed like greatness at this mm. point, weren't they? And it's funny that you mentioned that Danson is not around for a lot of this film. Yeah, well, one of my notes is this is two men and the baby. I feel very light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the thing is, and I've got to say, it's interesting because 
I've seen Three Men and a Little Lady, the sequel, which I'll talk a bit more about later. But same thing in that, where dancing is absent for a large portion of the film. And I got to assume it's a case of, because during both those films' production, he would have been making cheers as well. I got to assume he could only get out for like, you know, a certain amount of time, because it's weird that he would be not in as much of the film as both the others going. And I got to assume he was having to run back to film cheers or something like that and like yeah. could only appear in some. Pulling a Michael J. Fox doing Family Ties in the day and Back to the Future at night. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. We've got this party that you were saying about, Selleck's uh, birthday party. Um, they're so... Gunnenberg is roving, roaming the crowd with a video camera yeah, the size of a most house. annoying twat, like, well, It's ever. basically, like, the guy from Cloverfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except there's no monster. The monster is a baby. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, he, he, someone says that Tom Selleck has got an amazing dick during the party yes. his, his his girlfriend who he has an open relationship with I thought yeah, it was yeah. very progressive I ended up yeah I, I liked it it was interesting this is the thing so when this all started I was like it's a weird mix of like this is very outdated and also quite modern where it's doing the classic oh aren't men useless as soon as you throw a baby in their face and aren't all women just fawning over them and know everything about it and it kind of touches on the, the wrong side of those issues quite a lot but then the things like Selleck and his girlfriend like it's not made a big point of their open relationship in like any dramatic way at all it's just kind no. of there which is really cool yeah because yeah, really she doesn't like kick up anything about it and, and nor does he and she also doesn't revert to like the the mother stereotype like where like she's he asks for help because apparently like you know he's, he's sexist yeah that the she's scene where she's turns down to them like singing the baby to sleep and she's just kind of joking around with him was really sweet because she's not suddenly like oh I've never seen this sign and just like completely changes she's just still like Oh yeah, I'm I'm here just to get laid. Like whatever, I don't care. But that, isn't that really cute that you're changing so quickly? <laughs> I've got to say, I genuinely really loved this element of the film and did find this like progressive in the sense of actually every time they try and palm the baby off on a woman, kind of think, oh yeah, you can look after this. They're kind of like fuck you, like go away, like going like you know, and they have to do it themselves. And I like the fact that because you, you assumed oh they'll just do that and then they'll be able to run away, but actually number one there wouldn't be any film if they had to. But in the fact that it actually does come across like like you say the women don't all go gooey over the bay. They, most of the time they're just like no, you've got to look mm-hmm. after it, and they keep getting pushed back yeah. and then having to. And much as don't be wrong. Some comedy is drawn from the idea of them being hopeless with the baby at first. That is dealt with quite fast and quite quickly. They become really competent. Yeah, and, and it, like, yeah. I've also I think it helps the audience, like well, particularly male when it's like you know get more respect for like um, bringing up a child if they haven't had it that or much to do with it. You know, when you have Selick actually having that moment in the in the supermarket and all of the kind of the million things going through his head, like and that kind of is a small sort of uh, window into kind of mm. like a bigger picture of like you, when you know you're pregnant or you've had a baby just you know so many options open to you in terms like I can get this wrong in so many different ways yeah. I'm thinking about the, the worst case scenario so if I get the wrong thing this will happen and he's going through all of that in a kind of very kind of finite good scene I yeah, thought yeah. that was excellent that supermarket scene was great I had to go to three different places buy four different kinds of formula two different kinds of diapers bottles towels nipples one of the things I, I just found was that it's a strange thing of these characters are so kind of broadly drawn and stuff changes so quickly like the pace isn't fast by any means because when it languishes in a certain segment of the film whether it be the men don't know what to do with a baby part 
or the entire midpoint gangster plot that we'll get onto, and then towards the end, stuff changes. There's, in a writing sense, there's very little in the way of arc. They just kind of change. They're just like set up as these kind of bachelor boys, and then suddenly, within like a few montage scenes of them caring for a baby, they're like in love with it. And I think those things could be drawn out more. I think Danson's the only one that gets any real character development with the there's a great scene he has with his mum when she kind of says about how you know you're not a screw up anymore I'm going to give you this time to like be a dad there's some really great stuff there but I think in terms of Selick and Goots they just kind of like are presented as this caricature almost of one thing and then it just changes for the sake of the plot and stuff and it doesn't really gel but it, it, they're so charming with it you don't really care and that's that kind of 80s well they go into survival mode almost don't they they just, yeah. like, they just get do what needs to be done, like to to kind of don't tread water yeah. until he gets back. Like I, so, yeah, yeah. I didn't really believe almost that people who had this life that they love being in this penthouse, being bachelors, having all these plans would suddenly be okay with that being derailed completely just because after by the end of one montage they're like in love with the baby kind of thing. Like I don't know how. I think it is a good whole week though, isn't it? Like there's very there's quite. Oh a lot yeah, because they happens, say they there? say Danson's away for ten weeks and he comes back a bit early, but it's still been a fair chunk of time. Yeah, so they they've had time yeah. to come, and I think it's you know it's through them having that responsibility foisted upon them, and them just being. I think the fact that they are good guys just yeah. comes out of this film in terms of like, and that's quite nice in the sense because at first. You get this impression. I mean, certainly before you find out that Selleck's got an open relationship with his girlfriend, you kind of assume that he's cheating on her at the start. But then it's like, oh no, they've got an open relationship. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and then it's just you, for that to come about. It's just, oh no, these guys are like good blokes. And then immediately, when of course the gangsters turn up too, and there's this weird mix-up where, and I was going to say, only in the eighties would you bring in heroin smuggling into yeah. what is essentially a kind of family comedy? I had no idea this was coming. No, but I, I mean, didn't either. I mean, like you say, because being... it was the 80s, that there would be <laughs> drug, drugs everywhere. hard drug pop line. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. And also you've got Goonies and the Crocodile Dundee that both have like, yeah. hard drug references in the, in a PG-rated movie. Yeah. Um, or Crocodile Dundee is 15, basically because of the scene <laughs> with the uh, cocaine. But, yeah, but yeah. it's like you were saying, Liam, with them, them being good-natured guys, that's the thing. They could be kind of laddish louts but even though they are like living their best lives and they're definitely around, not outside no, no. They're, but they're they are kind and kind hearted and good nature because there's a bit where I think I think it's the end of the party when Sella can like dance and checks in on the other two whether he wants them to hang around he's got like a, a girl yeah, with him, a and girl, they're just yeah. like nah nah go have fun and he's like ready the palmer off and be like lads first you know oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. so he's not going like screw you guys oh, I'm about to get laid like they're like there for he's, each other from the yeah. start he's putting bros before yeah <laughs> <laughs> of <course>. yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> And that's the thing. They're like, no, you go, you go and shagger, and we'll wank in it while we listen. <laughs> we'll wank each other off. <laughs> We're very good friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we put the baby to sleep already. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> yeah, but they're not lads. As I mean, one of the bits in the opening montage is Danson, the Lafario, looking really camp in his dressing gown, like pouring over love letters on the floor. I know. Yeah, they were Hefner vibe going on there. Yeah, I mean, like, Danson, what's going on? You know, at the the party, he's dressed like Tom. Cruise out of interview with a vampire. Yeah, the <laughs> uh, cardigan he wears from the supermarket. It's all very. Uh, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. has like braces and a bow tie at one point, doesn't he? He looks very, very fetching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very much. I mean, they're not. 
it's that kind of weird kind of 80s time where you wouldn't question it it just can't be like hey just three guys living in a flat together like being cool like there's nothing like weird yeah. about this well, yeah. I bet my wig doll was going off the scale with Danson though the whole way through <laughs> what? well Danson's balls like, is he? yes so, wait like, really? yes so like uh, yeah well for me I, I learned that fact because like, apparently in Cheers there's a big scene where he does reveal that he's got uh, you're right you're right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah uh, I but like yeah it was very evident to me in this so wait is he upgrading his wig as he's getting older to get grey and greyer because now yeah. on the good oh, he place he's like proper yeah. white I mean yeah. you think about like that um, one with uh, uh, the guy from uh, you know pointed to oh bored to death Bored to death, yeah. Yes. In bored to death, you know, he's uh, rocking the grey fox look. Yeah. yeah. So is he just changing that as yeah. he's getting? Oh, that's such clever. Wow. I had no idea he was for clever dancing. All this, <laughs> like, uh, but no, I, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know at all. Like, well, he definitely fits the car like Jack Kirkland, doesn't he? Like, uh, yeah. But um, yeah. So them looking after the baby, you were saying about there is a sequence where. Um, yeah. they're kind of incompetent and it's very first. like eye roll lowest I mean today it's like yes. lowest common yeah, denominator yeah, yeah. of like oh you don't know how to put a nappy on I didn't I, you know but I was thinking like that was more of a comment on like how that this is you know difficult stuff anyway just oh like, yeah no, it doesn't come with a handbook yeah but you were already a bit too much into flash advert like, although the handbook he did have is the same book from Raisin Arizona which is the what? same year yeah. oh maybe that was like a big book that year or I something. think it was yeah. I think it missed a big trick to not have Dr. Spock's like book on raising children <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you not know that no there's a, there's a real life like Dr. Spock who is known for writing about like uh, wait know. no I think that is the, the book what Okay. Do you think? Yeah, that's, we need to Google yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Is Rick that like Wars. deliberate or something? Like, yeah. so yeah, I think it probably is. Then, so what, what's the name of the book, bros? Uh, Doctor Spock's childcare something something baby book, basically. But yeah, it's the book from Raised in Arizona. That's quite like a big, well, not a plot point, but it's a running joke that they keep needing the manual for it. And <laughs> and the scene in this where Selleck is holding a book, I think it's the same book because I I know it. I was like, oh, it's the same book from Raised in Arizona, which was also 1987, so year of the baby film. Uh, and now that you've said that it's Spock's that was uh, Baby Boom as well Diane Keaton movie like uh, at the same time yeah well I was saying what happened to the era of baby based comedy studio blockbusters they're all around this time yeah. this, and when then, Junior killed it and then when you get into the 90s you got Baby's Day Out <laughs> oh yeah you got Honey I Blew Up The Kid you got Look Who's Talking and then suddenly yeah they all, they all went away so mm. rightfully so <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're, you're right what to expect when you're expecting Oh, the closest yeah, now is maybe, again. is maybe just the, the section of The Hangover where three guys have a baby on them. Yeah, which I, I believe is actually a reference to Three Men and a Baby. Oh, okay. Know? Like, yeah, in terms of that. Because again, it's the trio of inconsequential guys with who happen to have a baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm which more I, worried for that baby's safety in their hands. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. But you're right in the sense of it is kind of straight in with lowest common denominator, like you. Because there's loads of shit and piss gags like straight away. Yeah, it's kind of like office, was this so. not old by the eighties already? Like you know, yeah, uh, well, too well, obvious. Well, I don't know. watch this kind of film, so I was like, this is fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Man. I was like, ah, fresh. Away. Nothing's <laughs> old if it's new to you. Fresh yeah. funny. It's like, uh, but what I found really funny is there's a bit where Gutenberg is left alone with the baby, and he is at a loss at how to entertain that baby, and yet I was thinking in my head like, wait, at the party you literally tried to seduce a girl like by kind of playing with a puppet that you have. 
yeah. in terms of go. I mean, albeit he made the girl cry in the end, but he had like this puppet. It was kind of thing. I was like, where's that puppet? Yeah. Get the puppet because he starts. He starts showing her his chest. He starts showing the baby his chest. And I was like, what, what, don't do that, Goose. Don't do, no, don't do I that. You basically not... swapped your baby technique and your like, seduction technique. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Seduce <laughs> the baby, Goose. Yeah, yeah. It was the wrong way around. Like, yeah. So I found that very odd that it took him so long to go like. Oh, that puppet I have. That's the thing yeah. to show. Like, Start yeah. strip teasing. Like, it no. Just, yeah, I know. I mean, there's a thing where they kind of keep showing the baby inappropriate things. Like they watch some dodgy documentary, yeah. don't they? As well. Like, well, just, I like he reads in the the, 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 um, the uh, uh, boxing match report as well. Selick <laughs> reads yeah. that. It was really funny. It's like, just, she doesn't need to know where it comes in or what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, yeah. The, the two bits that made me laugh the most in this early section, I think, was she did a doodle. Which just sounds funny. <laughs> I think she did a doodle. Your turn to change her. I'll give you a thousand dollars if you'll do it. And, and the way uh, Selleck gets really concerned for what the baby likes, so whenever they're passing off the baby a bit later on, he's like listing off everything that the baby likes already. It's like, oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I Because think... he's doing it completely straight-faced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're super cute like with the baby like once it gets going they were, I think Selleck and Goots especially mm-hmm. are like really really cute like with the baby and um, and of course and I think I think the thing that makes them very much take uh, responsibility for the child is the thing where the gangsters come in because the whole point is is there's this misunderstanding yeah. of Danson has been asked by one of his producer mates to kind of take care of a slime package. ball director yeah slime ball like producer director kind of thing and he said to the guys hey someone's going to come get a package they think it's the baby they take the baby in they're like what the hell like he should have said it was this really in reality the package is a uh, bag of heroin um some gangsters turn up to collect the package they think they're asking for the baby there's actually a very very funny scene between the gangsters and them at the door where they're just kind of like they clearly don't know what they're there to pick up either. They clearly assume it will be like drugs or something like that, but they're not 100%. And they give them this baby and then they give them like what's powdered milk or something. And they go, oh, right, okay, it's all a cover. Like, oh, yeah. And they take the baby away and there's a very funny bit of business between them. I really like the guy playing the lead drug dealer yeah, like, yeah okay. he's, he's very funny and they uh, they take it away and then they finally realise their mistake and they run after them and it's actually quite you know dangerous they need to get that baby back and also I think the one time a lady is asked to help after the baby ends up getting like you know tied up and yes. gagged yeah, 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 yeah. so you know that, that kind of also you know burns that bridge yeah and I think that kind of stuff yeah. I think that makes them really go no we have got to take care of this well, way of responsibility it, it's like, like you that. say that's the moment in which they decide because all this, up to all this point, all they've wanted is to be rid of this baby, and then they finally kind of thob it off on these people, and they could have left it at that. Yeah. But part of them goes, no way. There's been a mistake. We gotta fix this. And that's the thing. This this film is strangely plotless for like the first half hour, yeah. other than the fact of guys have a baby. That's like a scenario, but it's not necessarily like a narrative or anything. And it isn't until I think it's dead on half hour in 
that these gangsters show up at the door and then it suddenly has there's like drug stakes. plot and stakes, stakes, without yeah. this subplot without the drug dealing subplot there's like no stakes in the film is there there's no, no. kind of like they clearly realise they haven't got enough yeah. plot for a whole film so they have well, to chuck they, in as bizarre because we, we haven't watched the original we don't know what they did or did the did summer <laughs> thing yeah I mean it would be interesting to see if that if it's in Marseille then it definitely did have this section in <laughs> apparently <laughs> the original is far far more sexist Apparently, yeah. like, uh, so obviously we'll be watching that. Like, uh, um, but yeah, I don't know whether it has that drug. I wonder if it had like completely, um, you know, unneeded cross-dressing for comedy effect. Like, as well. uh, yeah, what? Right? Why? Why? Because basically, with the final like sec- section where they kind of um, set up the drug dealers to be caught in the act of like, well, we uh, say final section, but this is really the end of second in. act. Yeah. Or yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you're still 25 minutes to go. But they resolve the uh, the drug plot. With you know a setup scene where they kind of hand over it all the kind drugs. of goes very well. Grutenberg's got his video <laughs> camera the size of a house, like, <laughs> yeah. and they're going to record them. But for some reason, Ted Dance is wearing a dress and like passes. I, I can't see what was the problem. I, I don't. I don't know why. They, they, Danson has to cross dress. I don't know why he has to. Oh, it's because the cops were watching them. Ah, come out. that's right. So yeah, so to frozen get out the without them yeah. being seen. Right, yeah. okay. But and then they're just walking out of the and stuff. And no, he... because the cops still suspect them. Oh, right, okay. Oh, that's it. And they, you know, and his wigs can change really easily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, this is there's enough. I just noticed there's a trend as well, late eighties trend of like uh, we have Val Kilmer in drag in uh, Willow and uh, Kurt Russell in Tango and Cash, like ridiculous like scene. Well, th- this is but another thing where hilarity. I think. <laughs> I think this is another thing where they're trying to show that these guys are really good blokes because, actually, in reality, they don't really need to catch the drug dealers themselves. They could have just handed over the drugs and got the baby back and kind of, like, be, like, okay and keep it kind of safe because they are willing to kind of... The drug dealers, they just want the drugs. Like, the only reason they do it seems to be, yeah, just because they're a bit worried that maybe the police will think they're involved when they're not. And also... But it seems almost out of, like, community pride that they've got to stop the drug dealers. I think once they don't, they've just... They've just done a drug deal. I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if they, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like this way you are kind of exonerating yourself to say yes. Like, yeah. 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 So but I mean, I'm really surprised how easily they got off that I because mean, I think in the reality there would still be a question to be asked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because they were just basically like to the cop. Yeah. Like who they're the was people you want, right? We'll be off. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a case of there was. He was they so were... happy about it as well. Yeah, the police yeah. was like, "Oh, great, thanks, guys, for doing <laughs> Can that." Can we just <laughs> see the baby again? Ooh, yeah. They just seem to be like, "Oh, don't worry, we've just done this undercover operation by ourselves. Don't we did inform you." It just cuts to them playing in the park and I was like this is 70 minutes 74 minutes in like now what they've won they've done it like yeah, this yeah. whole and at that point I realised this isn't what the film is it's just this middle section yeah. sidebar we've got to shove something else in there they're back to the baby oh, yeah I mean <laughs> I love as well when they're doing the drug deal when it all starts going wrong there's a bit where Selick just randomly unclips like a load yeah. of just like tubes both. metal tubes yeah. that like crash onto the drug <laughs> dealers it's amazing they go whoa there's your could have been with Ian Jones gentlemen like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well there you go well the, the whole thing is instead is of the, the idol it's a baby under his arm as a boulder comes <laughs> up <laughs> the whole thing is is the cop is who's investigating the case is kind of uh, goo goo over the baby isn't he mm. so that's kind of you feel what gets him off going that he's kind of so oh, what's the right there's a bit in this film guys where Gutenberg puts heroin into a baby's naffy yeah why uh, to, because the cops are coming in 
right? And to hide the heroin. And at first I thought, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, shove it in the baby's nappy, then just put it back into the pack of baby's nappies and been none the wiser. Is urine-soaked heroin good to anybody? <laughs> but he puts it on the baby. I was like, why are you putting it on the baby? Don't, why are you putting your heroin into a baby's nappy and then putting it on the baby? Like, just, what was the need for that? Kind of thing? Like, it was so... Yeah, because then the cop would be like, oh, it feels like heroin in this uh, nappy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. why have you got heroin in this nappy it was just why is this baby shat out heroin I don't understand <laughs> well, no, he did say it was, a, it was a, he said oh I think you need to change them yeah yeah yeah, yeah a bit yeah. heavy back there yeah, yeah I mean it, uh, really really weird but I mean yeah that whole whole thing only in the 80s the whole yeah. heroin smoke pot and it is thing like there's well, loads it's almost of... like is the film mistaken identity cop drug thriller or is it men can't parent a baby only in the 80s can you kind of blend them and be like yeah, you know there's, what there's loads of movies in I the mean, 80s we could go well. mad thinking about what we'd replace that subplot with on the you know 2018 remake of this yeah, well yeah <laughs> and I I believe there there is actually a remake in development well no there's also like meant to be a third film in development uh, apparently Since that has been cancelled well right, no because right, it's right, recently so. as Gutenberg like recently said oh he's trying to do another police academy 8 yes yeah yeah, yeah. perhaps I think that's Gutenberg hanging on to false hope that these can have sequels well, to his I, only successful films I do think they should do another one of these where the kid has a kid and they're back to being three men and the baby so oh, they're all grandparents well that would be interesting but they've got experience now that's the trouble it'd be like oh here's but in a guys. modern world who knows what's different because <laughs> it will no because the actual uh, they did a sequel to this film uh, in the 90s called Three Men and a Little Lady uh, where the kid is now like five years old um, they were planning to do a third film called Three Men and a Bride where the uh, little girl was finally getting married, but I kind of think now they've they've overreached that stage well, where re- the little girl's getting remarried. Yeah, because I think you'd be <laughs> looking at a divorce party. Uh, because now that char- that that character would be like if they even if they started making it now, by the time they make it, that character would be in like their thirties, yeah. like thirty three. And I think really when you think three men and a bride if it's going to be a natural extension you'd imagine her in her like early 20s or something like that whereas actually if they did three men and another another baby (laughs) and it's her baby and now they're kind of grandparents kind of thing that would be a natural progression so there you go we've solved it we're doing it they could have a plot where because they were so in love with the baby originally they want to be all hands on with this granddaughter baby yeah yeah, but the mum the kid is trying to be the parent and they're just like the annoying grandparents trying to stick their nose in or I don't know maybe she's palming because there is definitely a big thing now of like uh, palming off their kids on like grandparents so maybe they have to look after the kids and that would run in the family yeah. yeah, yeah, that would do. And they, they have to look after the kid for a week. But the problem is now hilarious hijinks wouldn't ensue <laughs> because they know exactly what to do and be the best parents ever. So you'd have to bring in more drug smugglers. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, Werber's, Double the it's Werber's original smuggling now. <laughs> so it's more, of yeah. a, it's more of a sugar-like worry, isn't it? I mean, we're worried about sugar than drugs. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, you're not meant to give the baby candy... And they want to give lots of candy. Guest starring <laughs> Jamie Oliver yeah. running after and going, no, no sugar for the baby. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, the, the thing I realised watching this film was that 
I probably was like that baby at the time because it's a 1987 <laughs> film. So presumably, what like, a little girl, a little girl. <laughs> You're starting yeah. to tell us, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a 1987 film. Presumably, they shot it in '86. I was born June '86, so I was probably like a six-month old baby at the same time. So it's weird going like, oh, me in this 80, weird '80s world, I am the baby. Right, <laughs> and we we would have all been similar, but like, yeah. <laughs> so. Three men and a little lady starring Matt Ross. At that age, you can tell the difference. <laughs> well, maybe in this film, with the, uh, you know, as you said, like we pointed out before, we put, went on air, like the rampant baby nudity in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly yeah. 2018. Oh, yeah, there's no mistaking, like, in, the, in this movie. Like, uh, like I say, I just don't think... Grown man having a shower with a baby that isn't really his. <laughs> well, he's his, though. Isn't no, it? I mean, I'm Ted Danson, the actor. Oh, yes, yeah, Ted Danson, the actor. Yeah, 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 no, I know what you mean there. Uh, like... Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right actually in that. Like, I, I just think that now I just think we live in less innocent times, and now people are far more kind of not too sure about what's going on here. Like, uh, like there's two as well. There's another one, baby. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would they let Ted Danson in a shower with a baby now? <laughs> Would they, Ted? <laughs> He's still a good guy. Yeah, yeah. As of recording. That's ins- yeah, as of recording. <laughs> anything we anything could happen in the next half hour. <laughs> you know, like uh, Breaking yeah. news. I don't, but no, Danson's in a good place. He's, <laughs> He's fine. In- like don't worry. Don't worry. Danson is innocent. News just did. <laughs> <laughs> um so. So yes, we have the re- uh, so the final act of this film, we have the return. To, on the scene of the baby's mother who yes we are baby mama. she couldn't handle the change I think clearly she had maybe some postnatal depression yeah. which isn't like specified and sort of ran away from her like responsibility and leave, left it with, with dancing not unbeknownst to her was going to be away so she didn't know what kind of situation she left this child in and um, yeah I think when she returns she's seemingly not broke a broken woman she's just I mean she's very happy to see a child again but there is this lingering feeling that like perhaps the best thing that these men to have done at this point actually the best bit apparently they could have done was to call social services and well you know what I gotta say I loved and I think it was massively progressive of this film how little judgement there was on her as a mother in regards to because actually the fact is is she genuinely thought she was leaving the baby with the baby's father to look after and it's like well yeah it's just as much his responsibility as it is hers and I think it was really nice that none of them turned around and went oh what the fuck why did you leave the baby here you mental case like or anything like you know and, and just and like you say she more than likely suffering from some kind of postnatal depression not specified because yeah. it is a because it's you know a 1987 family well, they, movie she well, didn't realise that it was just you know it was just shell shock but there's um, th- there <laughs> she's was saying a, she's doing it all on her own and they're like oh, yeah. we, we, it's hard enough for three of us exactly and yeah. I think it's really beautiful how understanding they are. there was a recent movie I think came out this year with Gemma Arterton called The Escape yeah um, which oh, yeah, uh, so I really want to see which is about um, a woman the whole idea of the movie was this isn't really an issue that is confronted where uh, there is a woman and she's got a family and a husband but she's clearly incredibly depressed she can't take it anymore all the responsibility is on her and one day she literally just steps she's on like a train with her family or whatever she steps off it and just walks off yeah. and she goes I don't know what happens in the end of the film but she just you know, the film is called she The just, Escape like, she just, I think she gets a train to Paris doesn't she, she right yeah yeah she just, like, she just disappears 
and it's confronting that thing which is just because there is so much expectancy put on mothers because it is that thing of just like people instantly think well you're the responsible one it's just like well what about the dad like you know it's just as much his responsibility he didn't even know he had a fucking kid like and it is that thing of like I just oh you're yeah, right you're right I really I, liked it I really was, liked. Uh, maybe I was a little harsh yeah. <laughs> well it's, it's funny because yeah. I was going to say that's one of the things I love about this film I've seen the fucking sequel the sequel ruins all that really? by there is a scene in that where they all have a massive argument and Tom Selleck, she calls Tom Selleck selfish. Yeah. And he turns around to her and says, like, oh, I'm selfish? I'm not the one who left a baby on the, like, doorstep and abandoned her. Like, I think, like, you oh, know. Wow. Like, it's really horrible. Yeah. And, like, you, and you're Did like, you oh, for that? Huh? Does he apologise for that? <laughs> he better. No, I think he does later, and it is it is shown like Goots and Dance and are like, oh, come on, mate. This is the thing, like, I guess, because in know. this one, like, there's no one really has a raised word against anyone. There's like no, no inner no. conflict between That's them. Good. They kind of like bicker about who's looking after the baby at one point but no there's never any like big dramatic blow up moment. Like in Planes Trains or something, the hotel confrontation. Yeah. There's no big moment like that. Uh, and in fact the, the closest it comes is one of the funniest moments when Danson first comes back and they give him the baby back and just like let's leave him to it yeah and there's that yeah, bit yeah. where they're playing pool and Danson's like shouting from the other room so it's like <laughs> yeah, work it out for yourself dickhead it's suddenly a really harsh like burn but like in that way that mates can say it <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no, no I, that was a, that was one of my laugh out loud moments yeah. definitely <laughs> that was great I, I gotta say I thought in the last like, two moments it all got proper emotion yeah. Yeah. oh yeah yeah I was just like the only thing that's doing back about that was you know we have a situation where they go to the airport think the baby's gone and, and return back to the flat Wouldn't you know be an 80s really really upset dash. and you know you know and the fact that they got this big hole in their lives now so the three men and um yeah i thought those were some of the most touching scenes well, the only bit for me was the fact that a lot's happened very quickly with yeah. with uh, that the afternoon if it, it seemed like that was just did they just put her in the taxi at 6 p.m and by like 10 p.m <laughs> they've gone to the airport been back you know, they had this mass. It seems a lot went on in yeah. those four hours. But it's like there was that nice moment when Danson's trying to say like he misses the kid, and the other two obviously know that, and they're yeah. just like urging out of him, going like, "Maybe it's something you ate," and he's like, "No, it's not that." And they're like, "Oh, maybe it's heartburn or something." Yeah, this, it's like, this nah. feeling of feeling is just what most of us call feelings. Feelings, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To quote the rest of the movie. <laughs> but <it's> the thing, <laughs> what I like about it is you assume because I couldn't remember how the film ended. I remembered that could, the mum could it be love? <laughs> I know what erection feels like. <laughs> I remember that the mum came back, but I couldn't really remember what happened beyond that. So she took the kid away. And it's that thing of when they say goodbye to the kid, it is so, because this is 1987, there's no social media. When that kid goes, it's going. It's gone. And, like, you know, it's, it's really, really sad. You feel like they're not going to see it again. And then they do the mad dash to the airport, and that's the moment you assume if they're gonna catch up with them, that'll be it. And when they didn't, and they start walking away, I was like, "A credit's gonna roll here," and they've been the most downbeat film ever. Like, and also she's like very that security at the airport because I thought of like more realistic first, them all getting blown away by security <laughs> as they try <laughs> Don't <and> stop them, <laughs> yeah. as they try and get the baby back. It's like the end of Twelve Monkeys or something. But they come back to the flat, and actually she's there and she can't do it on her own and she needs help again which I like because it would have I think that adds to her <coughs> bit the realism of her actually not being able to handle it. she's come back 
hoping she can yeah. and actually she realises quite quickly oh no I still can't do it on my own need mm. help and that's fine well, this is but what I mean like, about yeah. this film feeling obviously it's not but it kind of feels like it's just making shit up as it goes along the way that different plot, plot elements just appear so the way that the drug smuggling stuff just suddenly happens and takes over and then the way that she suddenly pops back up at the end so I think like this whole end part might have had more of an impact if we had any connection to this character at all like if we'd seen her at the start if she was someone mm. Danson was with at the start before he went off I know it's meant to be the whole thing of he's just sleeping around these things do just come out of nowhere and surprise you but it is essentially a new character being introduced with 15 minutes to go and us expecting to care mm. and it's through the power of these three guys and everything we've seen go through that we do and I think the actress is really good for what she's given as well. But it's do, just, do you not think odd choice making a posh English woman, or do you think that's meant to be a comment on like the acting thing, like actors? I think yeah, it's. Yeah. I think it's so that when they say I'm taking the baby and leaving, it's not just going to another state. Yeah, she's leaving yeah, she's leaving the country. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but it is a strange thing. Like I can't think of another film that would like introduce a huge plot element and character in the third act after everything else is wrapped up. And it not be like, oh, well, this was a reshoot or thrown in or something. Yeah, especially as she's in the whole of the second film. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like uh, it, it, it feels like and she and should she, be somebody who is she, we have. Is seen. she actually posh in the second? Yeah, she is. Oh, fucking hell! Right, second film. Um, in that, it most of it is set in England. Yeah, because the whole idea is um, so. The second movie. This is nineteen ninety. I think the uh, second film and. In that, the idea is that Tom Selleck's character has actually fallen in love with the woman, with the mother, uh, by that point, because they've now been friends for years, they've helped raise the child, they've all been living together all that time, and so he's fallen in love with her. So open relationship with Lady is up the... That is, well, she's not in the second no, film. And, uh, by the way, I should mention, the actress who plays open relationship Lady, uh, Margaret Collin, she is now a pro-life activist, uh, so inspired by this movie. <laughs> and, uh, she literally, yeah, she is like a, a proper, like, insane, hardcore pro-lifer, like, outside abortion clinics, protesting, and everything oh like God. that. Yeah. So that's what she's is doing. Is she still now. acting, or is she just doing that? Uh, I think she's. I think she might still be acting. I think um, she's come up in some TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's what she's doing now. But she's not in the second film. Um, but he's fallen in love with her. For some reason, known only to herself, she gets proposed to by uh, some posh English guy. Uh, she accepts the proposal, even though there seems to be zero chemistry. So her and Danson weren't the thing. No, no, they yeah, never sure. become a thing. He's literally just father of baby, and she moves to England with the kid, everything like that. Of course, when they get to England, what does the posh English guy who's proposed to her own? A castle with a butler. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's very Friends season four finale. Like, uh, you know, in England, that kind of where, that's the England they're depicting, right? Well, this, is, this is the era of... We all um, have castles. Uh, King Ralph, I just don't like this <laughs> this version. Very depressing looking version of England. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she is, yeah, definitely posh in the second film. Because it, it, I, you know, the way he plays, plays, it's like she's not going back to England, like because she doesn't have that much. Like it won't be much better off there. I mean, it sounds mm. like you know, she doesn't have that much money no. here, and, and you know, she can't afford not to work. Well, it's because castles are so expensive back in Johnny <laughs> well, <yeah>. England. <laughs> that's all we've got to live in. But is it? You see her family being well off. 
she's going to marry into money. But you should go marry into money. Yeah, yeah, go marry. Oh, into it's funny because I didn't pick up on her being posh in this film. I think just, maybe it's just her, her accent sounded yeah. like because it's English against all these. Because when they were saying like, like yeah, yeah, when they were saying, oh, you should move in with us. I was like, yeah, there's a hard choice for you. Like, hmm, like back on the streets or like living in this penthouse with <laughs> and three it, guys. But it's that era, isn't it, where anyone from England in a film either sounds hardcore Cockney or <laughs> posh. Yeah. Well, it's just like what room are they, they going to have? It looked like they were going to give her the foyer with the. With well, her, yeah. He's going to build she, her a she room. She says, she says, do you have a do you have room? And I was thinking, this is the biggest flat I've ever <laughs> seen in my fucking life. Like literally, of course they've got room. Live in the conservatory, fuck sake. Like literally, like there's more than room. And they yeah, they say they go build her a room. No, no. I'm like, I'm just going to add to this. That's how flat. easy it is. And then we see them at the end with a tandem pram for all four of them to push along. Which I mean. It, and that's when I realised why they had the biggest door of all time. Yeah. So all four of them could come through it. Yeah. We need to walk out this door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was like, that door was designed with that in and mind. And that whole point of this tandem pram, like, which is not even a tandem pram, it's just a pram with a long bar. <laughs> so they could all have hands on the pushing. I mean, you could yeah. just take turns, but this whole thing is like basically this version of the strutter bubble. Uh, so you could just go through <laughs> knocking things off a supermarket. So <laughs> if, 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 uh, if anybody. Maybe your fucking personal space, huh? This, yeah, this reference is uh, you know, a bit, bit of a niche one, but like, do look up strutter bubble, which is Paul Kay's. Uh, you know, uh, he, did a, he did a, seri- a series for MTV where he plays his alter ego, Mike Strutter, and there's a, uh, he does a lot of these products, and one of them is a bubble which you wear over his head, and you can have pop pills drink whiskey and have rave music going on as you wander through the supermarket and fuck everybody else because you're just having a rave and you're smashing the people left right and centre this feels like this is what this pram is going to be doing a <laughs> uh, couple more things I just wanted to mention how cute is the little pink hard hat for the baby oh amazing oh. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it comes across that 50 cc's of brick <laughs> <laughs> my, my first thought was that doesn't make much sense why would a baby have a hard hat but then I was like you know what he's missing her it's it, it's so good it's so cute it's so cute um, also there's a bit where Selleck is wearing a bow tie and aviators at the same time and says I've had enough of this doo doo <laughs> It's amazing. Insert clip here. Like, Is that like yeah. a Magnum PI reference or something? I, d- I don't know. Maybe. But like, yeah, maybe the aviators. Maybe that was his CSI Miami. Yeah. Like, uh, like, you know, put okay. the shades on and say so. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, also, when the mother turns up, she says... She's looking at the baby and she says, I don't believe how good she looks. I was like, what? Yeah, I was sure she'd be fucking dead by now. <laughs> Even with you hopeless losers. <laughs> like, what were you expecting? Like, uh, but yeah. Um, what did we think of this film? I I really like it. Like, there's there's a lot kind of dated with it, of course. and there's But there's a lot modern and progressive with it. It's a complete mishmash of ideas and plot elements. But somehow the charm and charisma of these three guys really pull it through and in the end you know it really does advocate for this non-traditional family unit which kind of mm. says like why can't three single guys who aren't related and all live in a flat raise a baby and they, they show it can be done yeah. and uh, I think that's a really interesting kind of stance to take and it's it's a nice one in a way we're heading to you know more and more different kind of family units popping up these days and it's like yeah I want to see more three, three single guys raising yeah, babies non-traditional yeah. family setups I think charm the word he used and that's what this film is yeah, it's very it, charming it, it and it, and it, got, you know, it won me over 
Yeah, yeah, yeah completely. And that is a really interesting point you raise about non-traditional families because I do think that this is a really good example of that because it is very easy yeah. to get wrong because I think that is a great message. None, none right, of them so like, feel yeah. begrudged to do it. None of, it's not like two of them want to and one of them is against it. They're all in on it, especially Selick and Goots and then once Danson gets over the shock that he's a dad, him as well. They all end up on the same page of like, oh, we'll throw our life completely away to have, to get back what we had and what we mm. experienced in this. And you believe it. You believe that yeah. they aren't just going like, oh, well... Well, it's interesting because like, you know, when, when it's nice that it actually they do that for him because remember, we do have that scene that where Danson says, I will stop my date for you guys. Yeah. And yes. they stop their lives for him. And so that's yeah. just best of mates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Best of mates. And it is, you're completely right, because it's really easy to get wrong. That kind of non-traditional mm. family presenting it on screen. There's a fucking awful film called Friends with Kids uh, that came out a couple of years ago with uh, Adam Scott and John Hamm and Megan Fox. And um, it's it's about this kind of two... Uh, friends who decide to have a child together but they're not in a relationship or anything like that and it's just they just want to have a kid together like and a, it's like getting a puppy like, and it's yeah, yeah and it's mm-hmm. really you know, in a shared house and you're watching it and you're like I don't know how you thought that this would be fine like they seem to just basically be like oh yeah we can do this it'd be totally cool and no one will ever have any emotional issues about it whatsoever <laughs> of course it goes horrifically wrong and you're just kind of like, well, you fucking idiots. Like, why did you not think about this in, like, a better mm. way? And well, maybe this is a warning, this film. It's yeah. like, you know, maybe it's got, that's the message. Well, that, no, because it has a happy ending. Like, oh. and it's just kind of like, no, I don't believe... Because that's they... characters bringing it on themselves and choosing to put themselves in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we can all see it's a bad idea, whereas yeah. this, it's thrust upon them, so... Yeah, completely. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I used to love this film when I was a kid. I don't love it anymore. I do think it's it's very enjoyable. As you say, it's charming. I think the three leads are great. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Selick, Danson, the Goots, they're all really I, good. I think we genuinely missed out on a bit on more Selick action. Like, you know, I, I think it's a shame that he didn't go do more. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think I think Selick is a really good kind of leading man in a kind of romantic lead way. Well, he's definitely the hottest out of these three, right? Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, feel, I, I was watching go, oh, Selleck, what a man. Like, uh, like yeah, when he's doing his road machine, yeah, machine yeah. he's like, got to get a scene of me working out in here, guys. Like, yeah. And, you know, he's he's a strapping fellow. Yeah. And he's really, he's lovely, isn't he? Kind of thing. You want to give him a big hug. And I think they could have been more like rom-coms with Selleck yeah, in he, the lead. I think he was, the, he was the natural successor to uh, Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like you know, crowd pleasing male lead. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, he does like feel like he's carrying on that mantle, and then the nineties did away with facial hair altogether. Oh. And, yeah, we never went back. Well, yeah, because I mean that's really weird because he's in Friends, obviously, as uh, one of Monica's boyfriends. Of course, yeah. in that, and at first he's got the tash, and then there's an episode where he comes back without the tash. <sighs> that tash. Is selling secret, it's, 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 it's concentrated testosterone. It, it, as, soon, as soon as that tash goes, you're kind of like, 
this guy <laughs> like, uh, like what's going on yeah. like you know it's just he, he, he needs he needs the tash and now he's got it back for Blue Bloods which is his right. big oh, TV we, show we, we used to watch the show called Las Vegas didn't we and oh yeah he took over from James Khan yeah did you ever see his scene I didn't no. no I think I'd watched a, a bit of the handover episode um, but, oh okay yeah but I can't I was I had no Selleck investment so but now Selleck like, like, investment sounds like a company but now it's, well he's got a new TV show no well not new anymore because it's been on fucking years but I think it's still on and I think it's on its eighth season or something called Blue Bloods which is a cop drama uh, with him in the lead which I think is actually meant to be really good and is show ran by two of the main writers from The Sopranos so instant interest instant interest from me Uh, so maybe I'll get some Selleck action Uh, okay I have a question okay let's play quick game if you were to cast this now oh I was going to ask this because I've got the only one I've got that I can think of Paul Rudd as Goots because there are some shots in this where he does just look like Paul Rudd <laughs> oh okay yeah I can see the Paul Rudd connection if you think if you, yeah I guess if you try and think not of these actors because if you're just trying to replace Selleck with another Tash guy but take these characters and what we know of these guys and cast it now so a remake now where they haven't fucked with the ages who's who ooh you me so I think Rudd is, is good because although he's older, he always looks 25, so yep. he's fine. Um, Rudd is a good kind of goots replacement. Um, Selleck, I think you've got to have someone like maybe like John Hamm. Because he can do comedy. He's, he's like, manly, he's, he's handsome, handsome, manly mm-hmm. kind of like guy. I, I think, think Hamm would be good in Selleck's role. I, I just want Colin Farrell in there somewhere. Colin Farrell, yeah. dan- Colin Farrell could do dancing. Yeah. Colin- there we go. We've done it. Yeah. Paul Rudd, John Hamm, Colin Farrell. I mean, Colin Farrell would be hilarious, I think, doing all kind of the acting. Yeah, playing the acting like guy, yeah, yeah. Like, for TV. He could do that. Comedy. Yeah. He does comedy very well. Completely. Yeah, so. There we go, we've done it. <laughs> and he, and yeah. he also, you know, wins you over at the end because he is charming. Yeah, uh, that's the yeah, thing yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, when he when he kind of embraces his responsibility. Oh yeah, well, Farrell's yeah. charm oh, solidified, didn't they? Josh Brolin as Selleck. He's kind of. I got think that. No, he's, done, he's done too many dark things. Yeah, Brolin brings a lot too... of baggage with him. Yeah, I, 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 sorry to shit all over your idea. Yeah, no, it's like, like, I mean, I, <laughs> well, I only said that because of seeing him recently in the Legacy of a White Tail. Deer but even that, he's a dick. Like I think, yeah. in terms of like Brolin's, a he, gra- can, he can. Um, he's got the his no country stare. He's a great. <laughs> act, he's a great actor, but I think he's just too. He's too ravaged. For a rom-com. He's too like. Yeah, you can't. You just look at and go. Oh, he's about to rip that did, baby's head off or yeah, something. Yeah, like, didn't, uh, didn't he destroy the universe in something like <laughs> some Marvel film? <laughs> yeah, well, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Literally, Literally like, okay. Ian McDermott is now going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, and in Deadpool two, he's trying to murder a child. Uh, okay. So I mean, yeah, no, definitely. Brolin's out. Danny McBride is one. Of the gangsters, Rose, yeah, yeah. Danny McBride as one of the gangsters. There you go. Like Goggins yeah. is the other one. I, I would I an earlier version of Nick Cage, like late nineties. Nick Cage could have done. Yeah, yeah. Not anymore. Definitely yeah. not. Although like, apparently he's back on form with Mandy. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. Although apparently that is like batshit insane, like crazy so, violent. Like, well, but in like that's in but not way. in a but in not a, an in audition a, piece for Three Men and a Baby. No, right? and in the way that also like you know will actually bring people to the multiplex to see him yeah, for the first time in maybe ten years. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do we know about the urban legend involved? Yes, in yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, what are those things where I've got to say that has definitely only become an urban legend because it was in the days where you couldn't do a perfect pause of the film because yeah. it is so obvious 
what it is. Yeah. This is the thing. And you see it later on yeah, too. Yeah, you see it later on. I yeah. was like, oh, that's the cardboard cutout that they thought was a ghost in this So I, I should say, I should say, there's for people who don't know, about halfway through the film, there's a scene with Danson uh, and he's the mum in the movie. Uh, they're moving through the flat and you see for a shot at what is actually, very clearly by the way, a stand-up like cardboard cutout of Danson, uh, presumably from some kind of like advertising thing his his character has done, and it's kind of in the window behind a curtain, and like just casting a man yeah yeah, is. and people for years thought this was some kind of ghost that had appeared from a murdered child or something in the mm. house that they shot. However, it was a set. So it wasn't a house where some where a child had got murdered. And number two, it's yeah, it's one of those things. Nineteen eighty seven, where you couldn't pause a movie properly. Like you I know. thought you were saying one ghost don't exist. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, no, that's keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it's going. that thing of like, but I think there's, but obviously there are people who do believe ghosts exist. Uh, mad people. Well, I don't believe in them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and they have purported this own legend. And watching it now on DVD or Blu-ray. It's so obvious. But the what, strangest what thing is. was there is a scene later on where you just see it, like, against the wall. So it's like, well, there it is. That's the thing that you see. That's what it. they want you to think, <laughs> clearly. But, yeah, so Urban Legend debunked, I'm afraid. So, so what will we give this one out of ten, then? Oh, are we going to do that? Yeah. And then, because I'm like, <laughs> I guess, no, we are yeah. going to do that, because I want to see what you get the sequel. Okay. Well, are we going to do out of ten, or are we going to do because we're all on Letterboxd, aren't we? Which yes. is a brilliant film website. Uh, are we going to do our let what our Letterbox rating? Oh God, I can't remember is. what I put. Uh, well, I didn't. Well, you haven't put it yet. Yeah. But what it. are you going to put? Should we do that? Yeah. Just to line up, and then you can. We are all on a great film website. Which it's life. It is, yeah, life. it is amazing. Called Letterboxd. Uh, please sponsor us um, where basically you can keep a kind of database of every film you've seen and kind of like a film diary I'm on there as The Demps yeah I'm on there as Paul underscore Wilson with two L's you can find me at Matt underscore bro uh, yeah if you go on there you'll be able to uh, I'll keep a log of all the films we're kind of watching here everything like that and you can see our ratings for them but what will our ratings uh, be on there I think I'm going to give it three and a half stars I will give it three. I will also give it three. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Maybe you can add a little heart to uh, your scores if you want. So I might give it three and a heart. Yeah, because like there's a thing where you can like you know basically this is the thing where you know your heart and your head really collide. Sometimes. Yeah, I quite like. So this. I think it's like where you know I fucking love this film. Uh, it means a lot to me, but I really just can't justify my five stars. Yeah. Nobody wants to be throwing out five stars like you know yeah. candy. So you, you, the like button is a way of showing <laughs> yeah, that love. Yeah, yeah. This, this film per- is one I personally love, yeah, and this yeah. is a great way you can be like, oh, this film was terrible, but I had a great time. So you can be like, one star and hunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really never happened to me. But, but I would want to like, what you, have we become fans of films like on that as well? Like, because you sometimes see it has nine hundred and seventy followers and one fan or something like that. 
Oh, I don't know. I think that's a function. You can do all sorts. You can like create a watch list, like a list of stuff you want to be checking out. You can create lists, like ranked lists. Uh, your film diary in terms of keeping a track of when you see stuff. You can follow people on it. People can follow you, and it all comes yeah, up in the quite a feed. Few notable critics and uh, and like filmmakers are on. And there. filmmakers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Sean Baker, director of the Florida Project, is on there. He leaves reviews for stuff he sees. Oh, really? He doesn't give anything star ratings, but he does oh. uh, do write-ups for everything yeah. he sees. Oh, and he's okay. quite at the moment anyway. He's seeming he's watching about one or two things I mean, a day. Soderbergh needs to get on this because his website yes. is, is all, he actually publishes this list of everything he's seen in a year. Yeah. And uh, but it's, among other things, quite interesting. Like he re-edits like various films in his spare time. Really? He re-edited um, Heaven's Gate to be ninety minutes long. He did oh. a black and white version of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Uh, and he also, I think, he talked about like Unimaginable Secret Service as well, and said he could cut twenty minutes out of that. Like, which oh, I'd like, you, like, could, you could cut twenty minutes out of every single Bond movie ever. Yes. Made. But I mean, you know. Um, but I would like to see the Sodenberg cuts of Bond movies. Would be yeah. Very, well, very I would like to see that. Like you know, streamlined version of. Man Majesty's be great. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent fundable. Fun. Fundable, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could do a bit. Fundable. Uh, six more minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also watched Free Men and the Little Lady. Rewatched it for this podcast just because I thought it'd be interesting to add some context and stuff like that. Um, it is not good. Uh, it is um, most of it is set in England. Um, it doesn't feel it just doesn't feel like the same world or same film at all because it's just that thing of basically it's got nothing to do with the first film apart from the fact because the, the whole thing the premise of the first film is three men and a baby whereas this isn't although it's called three men and a little lady the film is not about them looking after the girl or anything like that it's just about this race against time to stop uh, the, the the posh English stop mother. somebody's happiest day of their life get married <laughs> yeah, yeah get married because Tom Selleck's fallen in love with her and th- that's what the film's about and it just could be any rom-com basically mm. um, there's a few like funny moments here and there and the, the you the know faces you love the action you don't expect yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's not it's, it's not good I mean that's like a one and a half star for me or something I think like I've changed like, my mind know. I'm going to join you at three star and a half oh okay alright so there's yeah. a three star and a half all round for three men and a baby yeah. so it fits it fits <laughs> is um, it a place to come if you really want dissenting views like <laughs> yeah 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 an yeah. argument like yeah well maybe in following uh, Spotlight of the movies we will have big fallings out but this isn't one of them folks no. yeah no I mean I- I'm sure there is going to be films uh, that we cover that we disagree on uh, as time goes by um, but yeah are we watching them- that one <laughs> the whole series the whole series um, but yeah no, I think this film we're pretty much all on the same kind of like page which is nice and I'm really glad that this I think this was a nice inaugural film to For go Three Men with. and a Podcast and uh, yeah I should say that Nimoy didn't direct Three Men and a Little Lady uh, so there's no reason yeah. to cover uh, that or anything of note ever again <laughs> yeah I mean after I've got to say this is the only film thus far that I've kind of picked out that I think would be good to look at for Nimoy's uh, career and by all means guys have a look yourself at his CV to see if you think there's anything that would be interesting to kind of touch upon but there's Apart from after this, he does direct some more films, but I, there was nothing that I was like. Mm, some of th- them haven't aged very, very well, according to well. I read some reviews about some of those. Is this yeah. the Liam Neeson one? Yeah, where th- there's a film he directed where it's about uh, a father suing like a mother for custody rights because the mum's gone off and been a kind of 
sexually liberated woman and she's having a thing with Liam Neeson who's an artist and, yeah yeah and that they're kid gets into bed with them or something it's all a bit dodgy and like at first I thought so but apparently he's actually having some kind of relationship mm. with her and it's a court battle and it all yeah it sounded all a bit kind of dodge like mm. uh, I'm not sure if it would have aged so well so, yeah, yeah I think but I think Liam Neeson does come across work well in it like considering the prep subject matter but because um, it's his early days he would have been dead the Deadpool with uh, the fifth Harry no, Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> fifth, the fifth. Harry Potter and the Deadpool yeah, fifth Dead. Dirty Harry. Dirty, Dirty Harry. Harry, yeah, yeah. Is he in that? Yes. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a villain okay. in that. And of course he was in Miami Vice. Yes, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think this is probably the only Nimoy uh, that we'll be covering. Uh, but there's plenty else to go. We haven't decided yet what we're going to pick next time, but I think what we're going to do is go in a bit of a round robin. Uh, this was my pick. Um, and next time either Matt or Paul will will pick another thing for us to look at uh, that will involve uh, kind of you know someone from the Star Trek universe and uh, we'll move on to that it'll be I'm really excited about this uh, new journey guys like, I can't can't wait and I think we're going to have uh, some cool guests like jump in we wanted to do the first one just the three of us um, but we're, we're definitely going to have some guests hop on for particular episodes of Spotlight of the Movies and stuff so I think it's going to be a lot of fun yeah um, great well I've, I've really enjoyed this guys um, yeah, so it's, it's been uh, goodbye from me Paul Wilson Goodbye from me, Tom Sirk. I mean, Matt Brothers. And it is goodbye from me, Liam Devsey. But just before I go, should say that you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Spotlight Pod. You can email us at spotlightpod at gmail.com. If you have suggestions for any films that we could cover in this new strand of uh, the rules. Yeah, let us know. By all means, let us know that, yeah, it's kind of rules are it's got to be a lead actor or a writer or a director who's a significant contribution. Like I say, like you can't have like a random guest star who like also made Citizen Kane or something like that. Like, you know, just to cover that is like, because we, and Star Trek is has so many people involved, you could basically fucking cover anything, but we want to try and keep it as linked to track as possible. So, you know, keep that in mind, but we'd love to hear your suggestions. Uh, but until next time, it's goodbye from me as well. <laughs> <laughs>